We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the pack a day podcast friends i am your host this week paul brettel joined as always by mark eckel jason perone will not be with us this week nursing a sore throat got a little bit of an illness hoping jason is getting better quickly but Mark and I are here to continue breaking down some draft prospects because the draft is now just a few weeks away. So for today's episode, we'll be taking a look at Sky Moore from Western Michigan, Jahan Dotson from Penn State, and Alec Pierce. I know it's a favorite among many Packers fans from Cincinnati. But first, the weather. So Mark, <laughs> is it still raining on the beach? It, only on Thursdays. It's crazy. <laughs> it's been This is, I think, six straight now where the weather's been oh, – last night we had some bad um, bad thunderstorms. Um, but tomorrow – or and we, as, as people know by now, we tape Wednesday evening. It's not raining now, but it's supposed to rain all day tomorrow. It's, the weather the – we're warm. We're in the 70s, 75. But for the sixth straight Thursday, it's going, it's going to rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been pretty – honestly, pretty similar here in Green Bay. It's been in the 40s, cloudy and rainy every other day. There's even been snow like three days in the last week or so. <laughs> Fortunately, it melts right away, but it looks like we're turning a corner Sunday, 50s, 60s, sun coming, hopefully because it's a week into April and it certainly hasn't felt like spring yet other than a few days. Are the, do the Brewers open at home? They're in Chicago against That's the Cubs bad, Thursday, man. so it's going to be pretty similar to here. So we'll see if they get that one in. Yeah, because I think the Braves are going to get rained out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know they've already canceled some games. Around and uh, Jason's not here, but I'll sub for him and tell you that it's, it's hot and nice and sunny in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of course, we got our friend Harry from Kamloops. It says it's balmy, high 64, low of 50. Actually, sounds pretty nice to me. Uh, mostly clouds, but this is the time of the year where if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. And it'll change, so very relatable. But we are here, of course, to talk about some receivers because, as you all know, that is a position that the Green Bay Packers need. I know last year, Mark, when we did uh, you know these prospect previews, we would dive into the position initially. But we've talked about receiver. Everybody knows that it is a need for this Green Bay Packers team, a big one, the biggest one. Uh, one thing I'll add, and I think I've touched on this last week, in terms of specifics, we know they need to add to the depth, but 
having a yak guy, maybe Amari Rogers could be that in a larger role. They need that vertical threat. Obviously, there's the big playability, but helps create better spacing. The Packers really missed MVS during that playoff game against the Niners. And then they just need a go-to guy. They need that guy who they can go to with their high-volume targets, someone that Aaron Rodgers can rely on. So those are the specific needs. Um, Anything to add about the receiver position in general, Mark? Well, nothing that we haven't said before, but I'll say it again that they're going to draft one, whether it's a 22 or 28 or, and you know, maybe in the second round. If I mean, they're not going to – you and I talked off the off the air with this that we wouldn't be surprised if they moved up, if, if they mm-hmm. see that the rece- if three receivers go right away, you know, three of the top receivers go bang, bang, bang. They may – they're not going to they, – they don't want to be in the spot they were a couple of years ago when they want, when they did want a receiver, but they, all the ones they liked went and then they took Jordan love. Um, so I think they'll, and they have more ammunition this year to move up if they, if that's the case. So they may move up. Um, I would not be surprised at all. Um, but I, I also think, and I think you agree with, I'm sure you agree with me because I know I've seen a lot of the stories that, that you've written. They need a veteran. Absolutely. They need at least two new, two more receivers, at least two, maybe three. And they can't all be rookies. Mm-hmm. First of all, a quarterback isn't real crazy about rookies. <laughs> and second, you don't even if even if you had a quarterback that loved rookies, you don't want you can't count on, you know, two rookies and Amari Rogers, who's only in his second year, hasn't proven anything yet. Mm-hmm. Lazard has been around long enough now. He kind of knows what's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with him. And then Cobb is a veteran, but he's maybe too much of a veteran. He's getting, he's on the downside of his career. So you do, I think you, I think they have to get someone like who's done it already and, and is ready, you know, that can come in and you know, from day one, he's what he can do. Now there's still some old veterans out there, um, and again, there's there's always that trade possibility, um, either either before, during, or after the draft. I mean, they could they could do that anytime, but but they are going to draft one. I mean, I think they would have drafted one, even if they didn't trade Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, you know, I, I mean, but they lost. They're one in three, if you want to say, with MVS three last year behind Laz, behind Lazard. I mean, you could argue his two or they're yep. two A and two B probably, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they have, I mean, yeah, they have to re replace them, um, somehow, some way. And, and they will, there, there's no doubt in my mind. There's no way they're going into opening day with no. Lazard, Cobb and Rogers as their top three receivers. That's just not going to happen. No, you're absolutely right. I a hundred percent agree about adding a veteran to this team. And, uh, I think last week I mentioned, I think if they do add a free agent, it's going to be after the draft. You know, we mentioned those different types of receivers they need. They may wait to see, all right, which role didn't we fill? And I actually just wrote at Dairyland Express on Wednesday about why I don't see them trading for like a big name, the DK Metcalfs, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. I did did a little digging. Uh, the Packers 2023 salary cap, we don't know what that number is going to be. Let's say it's $220 million, just to throw a number out there. $125 million worth of cap charges are currently accounted for by six players. And they haven't paid Jair. They haven't (laughs) paid Elton Jenkins. They haven't paid Rashawn Gary. So now you're talking about trading for DK, for example, or Terry McLaurin, who, of course, are deserving and are going to want a big extension. And the Packers fit that on the books. I'm sure there's ways to go about it and do it. But 
man, that's this is already a top heavy roster from a cap perspective. And again, there's the three players I mentioned currently on the Packers who need to get paid. You throw in another high profile wide receiver. Man, I know Russ Ball is really, really good at what he does, but he's very tough. So, Four to six. Uh, Rodgers, Bakhtiari, Jones, Clark, Campbell. Is that five? Who's a six? I can't remember off the top of my head. But Jones may not. Do they save money without Jones next year? We're, we're, we're getting off track here, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I did actually look that up. Um, they saved ten million, but his dead cap hits nine million. So you save ten, but that difference is very little. Oh, so you're really only saving a million then? No, you still save ten. Oh, oh you're still saving ten? Okay. Yeah, because I could see him not being. Mm-hmm. Depending on what happens this year and how things play out, but mm-hmm. yeah. So my come. point with with all that is, I still certainly think a trade is in play, but when you're looking at you know, those players, obviously we'd love to have any one of them, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf. And we don't even know if they're actually truly right. available. I mean, according to Seattle, they're not trading at the Jets, <laughs> yeah. you know, want them and they say no, they're, they're not trading them. So who knows? AKA the offer is not good enough yet. <laughs> um, <Exactly. laughs> uh, but I, but I, I wanted to write that article cause I see a lot of posts out there about, well, the Packers have the trade cap or the draft capital do so. And it, yeah, sure. if you could give up, you know, one year first, still have a first and get Terry McLaurin. I mean, I would do that. But obviously, there's a whole nother aspect to it with the salary cap part. So, just something to keep in mind. The only thing, and again, we got to get to our, our three guys. But <laughs> the only thing that I would counter that with is they were willing to pay Devonte, mm-hmm. so they were willing to absorb that kind of a cap. Whatever, you know, if he would have said, "Oh, okay, I'll stay here and send it to Raiders," they were willing to give him that a deal, a similar if not better deal. Mm-hmm. So that I, would have that would have been on the cap. That would have been that would have been crazy. So they, so there's that's a good point. I did mention that in the article. So there's proof that, or you know, close to proof, I guess, that it can work. Um, but I mentioned that's Devonte Adams. As good as those other guys are, they aren't Devonte. And also, is are the Packers going to be willing up to give up a first and pay that and amount? Because right. there's that a little extra added element too, versus just having to pay the player. But, um. You know, I I ended the article with this. These last two off seasons have been unpredictable. Goody's been aggressive, and a lot of the trends that the Packers have typically lived by under Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson, not all of them, but there's been instances where Goody zagged when he thought he was going to zag. So I I added I had to add that caveat just because these last two off seasons have been you know oh, yeah. a, a lot different than what we're used to. And he will move up. We, we know that. Mm-hmm. I mean done it every year he's moved up somewhere every year and three to what three times in the first round or twice three out of four yeah three out of four in the first round mm-hmm. yeah so well the one year he moved back and then and then came back up free up for jair so and he could do with two number one i mean he could i mean he could try to move 28 and go up or he can move 22 and go up and mm-hmm. hang on to 28 or and then it's going to be in the, I think 28 is going to be in big demand and we're getting, we're, we're, again, we're getting way off topic, but teams are, I think a lot of teams are going to want to come back in the bottom of the first round mm-hmm. for those quarterbacks that, that lay around. If you didn't yeah. take one, if, if you need one and didn't get one, what, cause you didn't want to waste a real high pick on one, but you can, you don't mind maybe trading your second, third, whatever, or maybe a pick next year to come mm-hmm. back in. 
Yeah, I certainly think that's in play, especially if Green Bay moves up. It's a way to recoup some some picks right. and remember about this draft class as a whole. Uh, it's incredibly deep. Like the second and third rounds, you can find some dudes. You know, you can every year. That's not to say you can't, but you know, one of the highlights of this year's draft class is just the the level of depth. So yeah, well, I think it's not. Yeah, it's and it's not a. It's not, there's not the drop off. Right. I don't think this is a top. Like a lot of drafts are top heavy. Yep. You know, the top 10 guys are really, really good. And then all of a sudden they're, they're, they're good, but not, like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's even that wide receiver, which will segue into what we're saying. The three guys that we're going to talk about t- today aren't going to be the top five. I mean, there's five, there's five that are supposedly are the five top, mm-hmm. but you might, you never know. I mean, Gabe Rieger went pretty high a couple of years That's ago. True. He's done nothing for Philly. Whereas <laughs> T Higgins went, was that the same draft? I think it was, right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Higgins went second round has been much better, you know. So yeah, this it this year's draft, I think again, I, I talked to scouts and even their mixed opinions on a lot of especially when you get to the defensive side of the ball. I I'm, I just wrote defensive line for, for today, for Thursday, and that was the one position where I couldn't get a consensus on who the the best one was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some like Wyatt, some like Davis, some like Mathis, some like Joe. I mean, it's it's really mm-hmm. that's really split. So, but let's get to our guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, as I mentioned initially, we're going to be going through Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, Alec Pierce, and the article that Mark was referencing. He's been going through position by position, taking a look at the top five, top ten. Just kind of depends on the position group, and uh, going through with a or leaning on the scouts that he knows. Uh, to provide insight on each of these players. They're terrific articles, uh, terrific insights. So check those out at Packer Report. So Mark's going to provide us with that on these three players. So let's start with Sky Moore, wide receiver from Western Michigan. So he measures in at 5'9", 195 pounds, posted a relative athletic score of 7.55. For those unfamiliar with that, takes into account the player's measurables, their athletic testing from the combine, and it's a way to compare a player's overall athleticism within their position group. Because obviously if someone has a really bad 40, but a really good three cone and shuttle, how do you compare that to someone with a really bad three cone and shuttle to a really good 40? Obviously that can be difficult. So this helps us quantify it. And the reason why I, we like to talk about it, or at least I do, is because Brian Gudekinst has, not that he knows what Raz is, but he drafts athletes. I apologize. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but out of his, you know, 30 draft picks, for example, uh, somewhere along lines of 24, 25 of them. And again, that's not accurate, but uh, have scored above eight or higher on that scale. So again, it, it can help us get an idea of from an athletic standpoint, a measurement standpoint, again, the tape tells all, but who Green Bay could be interested in. So Sky Moore, he's a little shorter at 5'9 than what the Green Bay Packers typically covet. Typically six foot is that benchmark, but he's 195. 190 is typically their benchmark at receiver. And that kind of fits that Amari Rodgers mold a little bit. And I know Mark will mention that a little bit because Rodgers was a little on the shorter side, but he's well put together. Uh, Sky Moore ran a 44140. 2021 was his breakout year. 117 targets. Caught a very impressive 77% of them at 13.9 yards per catch with 10 touchdowns. So Mark. What are your guys saying about Sky Moore? They like well, the one guy really likes him. I'll I'll, I'll read the exact quote. He said he he was my sleeper, but now everyone is 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 in on him. He said I I just love him. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. 
And I mentioned, I said, well, he's kind of short. He said, yeah, he's short, but he's built. He said, I think he can be a Debo Samuel. Just get the balls, just get the ball in his hands any way you can. Um, then I mentioned this guy, this scout in, in particular, I remember he liked Amari Rogers last year. And I said, you know, is he a lot like Amari? You know, it seems like he's similar to Amari Rogers. He says he is, but he's better than, than Rogers. And I, and I like Rogers. He's, he's more polished and has better hands. Um, now the second scout didn't like him quite. He liked him, but not, not as much as the first one. He said he really dominated on his level. It's a jump, but, but he can make it. He's a smart kid. He really knows the game. I'm not taking him too early, but I'd love to get him. And then the third guy was, again, he's more – that's funny. I quoted them in order from best to worst, not on purpose. It's just the way <laughs> it went. But he said, um, I don't know. He's probably just a slot guy. I don't, I don't see him playing outside. He, um, I think he's going to have to go to the right team to have any kind of major impact. And I don't think that right team is the Green Bay Packers. Do you? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I I don't think that they'd necessarily be in on him. Uh, and a big reason is because of where he's gonna fit in terms of playing in the slot. Not to say that you shouldn't try to upgrade that position if you can, but you just traded up and invested a third-round pick in Amari Rogers, who one of your scouts just compared him to. Um, they have Randall Cobb. Right, you still have Randall it's Cobb. Not a, not a long-term answer with Randall Cobb by any means, but you have two primary slot guys. And let's not forget, Amari Rogers was compared to Randall Cobb coming out of college, and now one of your scouts just compared Sky Moore to Amari Rogers. Right. Like, <laughs> it's very, very redundant at a position where you need to really broaden that just overall skill set that the unit brings. So for me, that's a big reason why, you know, I'm not so sure that the Packers would look at Sky more, you know, if the board falls a certain way, um, they grade them highly, you know, anything's possible, but that's a big reason why I, I would imagine they would look, look elsewhere at receiver. Yeah, I, I kind of hope my guy, my, the guy that, likes him so much that uh, I kind of think his team 
they're I I don't want to I can't say where he's from, but um they're not I wouldn't say their wide receiver is a number one need for his team, but it could be a need. I mean, they could take one. It's not mm-hmm. I don't think Sky Moore's a first round pick. Let's get that clear. Right. He's probably a second. Maybe even probably a second. So I wouldn't mind his my his team taking him in the second and allowing a, a receiver to Packers might that might fit the Packers better falling mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, I think, that, yeah, and that's a big part of it as well. You know, if it's, you know, if they grab Chris Olave or, you know, uh, George Pickens, for example, um, you know, those guys can fill a very specific role and, you know, potentially be that go-to guy. Maybe that gives you that added flexibility where even though more skill set is, as I mentioned, a little redundant to what they have, uh, you know, you can have that added flexibility, but, you know, being a primary slot guy, I, I just have to think the Packers are going to look elsewhere initially for the reasons already mentioned. Um, no, me anything about Sky Moore before we get on to the next guy. I ranked um, the top from most positions I've done top five, but because mm-hmm. there were so many receivers and because it's obviously a topic for Packer talk, you know, since Packers are is there just the number one we their number one need and they're going to take a few i did a top 10 more more checked in at number six okay pretty good i mean they're very good the, the five or the five right we, we all know <laughs> we all know in whatever order you choose the top five or drake london uh garrett wilson uh jameson wills williams chris olave and and Traylon burks i mean they're everybody's top five mm-hmm. no matter one you could mix them up one to five however you choose but they're the top I don't think anybody has anybody else in that top five. So mm-hmm. for for my three guys to add it to add it up for more to come in sixth ahead of some of the names that you mentioned, Pickens and some other guys, that's that's he's pretty highly thought of. Yeah, absolutely. And two other numbers about more they'll throw out there: finished twenty twenty one sixteenth in total yards after the catch. Um, we know the Packers could use more of that, and he actually tied for first among all receivers and missed tackles forced. Uh, keep in mind. 117 targets, and these are strictly volume stats versus efficiency, you know, averages or things like that. But nonetheless, uh, was still effective with the ball in his hands. Great name, too. Yeah, it is. Sky, S-K-Y-Y, Sky Moore, I love it. All right, next up, we'll transition to Jahan Dotson from Penn State. And I mentioned to Mark before we started recording, because Jahan Dotson has been a very, very popular pick, maybe the most popular pick among just mock drafts that you see out there. And I know, Mark, you are an avid mock draft reader. <laughs> Not until <laughs> um, the week of the draft. But <laughs> then I would read them all, but now I don't really care. Because Dotson... I, I can go off on a tangent on that. I'm not. <laughs> just things like... So all the mock drafts that you read before this week, you were giving the Eagles three players, right? Well, now they're only getting two. That's true. They made a trade. And there's gonna yeah. be more trades. So <laughs> wait, this whole I like to hold back on my mock grip. That's okay. They're so, so as I mentioned, Dotson, very popular pick. However, based on size measurables, there's a possibility he's not, I won't say he's not on the Packers board, but maybe not on up there very highly. Uh, so I mentioned Packers typically like a receivers, six foot taller, 190 pounds or heavier. They like those big bodied players. Jahan Dotson measured in at 5'10", 178, so below in both. And when it came to athletic testing on that RAS scale, he finished with 6.3 out of 10. Uh, ran a 4'4", 340. His vertical and broad jump were okay. His three-cone was bad. Now, like I mentioned with Amari Rodgers, 
height-wise, he was a little on the shorter side. So maybe Gudikins, you know, will make some concessions to those thresholds if they really like the player or they stand out in other aspects. You know, so Jahan Dotson, he's on the smaller side, but if he had tested maybe really well athletically across the board, maybe that uh, you know you Gudikins would view the entire metrics differently, knowing how athletic he was, or maybe he meets the size requirements and. You know, his string cone wasn't as good, but he's got that big body. He's physical that we know the Packers love. But in Jahan Dotson's case here, he's on the smaller side. And overall, based on the Raskill, his athletic testing wasn't overly So he had 84. He's a uh, highly targeted player, though. Plenty of experience at Penn State. 84 targets in 2020, averaging 17 yards per catch. Had 137 targets in 2021. 137. Uh, caught 66% of them at 13 yards per catch. Can play in the slot, can play on the boundary. Uh, he made impact plays at all three levels of the field. So certainly a high productive player, if brought into the Packers, could end up being that high volume target that they need. But Mark, what are what are you guys saying about him? Well, first let me say, well, let me add another stat about him. He scored 21 touchdowns in his last 21 games. Mm. I like that little stat about him. Absolutely. So he gets in the end zone. So there, that's to be said for him too. But small and unathletic doesn't cut it mm-hmm. <laughs> for the Green Bay Packers or for a lot of teams. I don't. All right, let me read that. I'll, I'll give you the the best quote first. This is a this is kind of a rip of him a little bit from the one Scott. He says, <laughs> "I don't get it. I really don't. I'm confused by why he's being touted so much. He's just okay. He's small." He's kind of just average at everything. Nothing stands out about him. So that's not a real ringing endorsement there. Oh. Um, second uh, scout says he's smart. He's a real smart kid, but he has to go to the right team with the right people uh, around him. He's not going to be your number one. If you have a number one, you could put him in, and and he'd be a good compliment. I don't I don't see him going first round. So that's interesting. And the third scout says the same thing. He's not first round, but I'd take him in the second. He has good ball skills. He runs nice routes. A little too small for, for my taste, but but I could see him being a good NFL player. But the one guy liked him more than the other two, but even he said he's a little too small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I was looking at uh, – I like to look at what uh, Lance Zerline, NFL.com, has to say about some of these prospects and one of the big things that stood out, and I've seen this other places as well, goes along with what your guy said also is lack of physicality. And, again, mm-hmm. it comes from, well, that that smaller frame. And I think he will, I think he will be a good return man. He was a return guy at Penn State, right? Mm-hmm. I could see him becoming – but, I mean, you don't spend the – no a high pick on a strictly a return guy, right? I mean, no. <laughs> although Desmond, that's what Desmond Howard was. That's what happened. He was the fifth pick in the draft, but he turned out to be a good return guy. He wasn't a good receiver. though. That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, and lastly, we'll jump to Alec Pierce. Oh, wide... by the way, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, no, Dotson ranked uh 10th out of 10. Okay. Rounded in at number 10. Uh, so we'll see how the board falls, but, uh, based on what you guys are saying, shouldn't be a first round pick for the Packers. Is that correct? No, no, not especially for not for a first they don't have a first round pick for anybody, but especially for the Packers. Right. Okay. All right. And then the last guy on our list is Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. So we've talked about size, 
athleticism from that aspect, Alec Pierce absolutely screams, I'm a Green Bay Packer. <laughs> Measured in at 6'3", weighed 211, posted a RAS score of 9.81, ran a 4-4-1 40-yard dash with an elite vertical and broad jump. At Cincinnati, he was their shot play guy. Uh, when they needed to push the ball downfield, oftentimes Ritter was going to uh, Alec Pierce, averaged 17.1 yards per catch. But he brings more – he's not just a vertical threat. Uh, of his 74 targets, 28 of them came within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. So while he may have been their go-to shot play guy, that wasn't all that he offered that offense. In addition to that, uh, he's a willing run blocker. And of course, we all know how important that is uh, to Matt LaFleur. And, uh, and and this offense, and may even end up being a special teams contributor as well. Uh, Mark, what do you, what do your scouts have to say about him? Well, one 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 thing I'll, I'll mention this first, and then I'll get to the to the actual quotes. But what was the probably the biggest game and biggest win in Cincinnati Bearcat history? Uh, I'm not sure. They went over Notre Dame last year, right? Right. I mean that that got them. If they don't beat Notre Dame, they're not in the Final Four. They're not playing. Yep. With it. I mean, right? That's what got they went undefeated, but they beat Notre Dame in South Bend. I mean, that's that's got to be the greatest win in Cincinnati football history. Yeah. In that game, he had six catches for 144 yards. So that's to me that says something that in a big game he played big. Mm-hmm. He came up. He didn't. He it's didn't. Important. He didn't. He didn't shy away on the big stage. He went up there and, you know, he. He helped. He was one of the reasons, if not the the main reasons, they beat Notre Dame that that day on six for one forty four. So okay, um, first scout, first scout says, I think I think you can start him out as a guy who just runs deep routes and then let him learn the game, coach him up, and he'll be able to do more for you. Right now, I I think he's a rotational player. Um, I don't think he can come in and start for you off off the go. Makes sense though. He's right, the rookie mm-hmm. guy. Um, then the next scout says, really impressive size, speed guy who really flashes, makes big plays. And then he to use my, what I said about Notre Dame. He dominated Notre Dame in that game. That showed me something. He's really grown on me. I didn't, I didn't even know who he was be, before the season started, but he's become a player that you have to look at. Okay. And then the third scout, and, and you'll like this comparison that I'll get to. I saved that for last for this reason. He could really run. I mean, really run. He's not just one of those track guys because he looks like a track guy, but he can play too. If you're just looking for a pure deep threat, that's he's your guy. He can do that. He's like the guy who just left Green Bay, Valdez, that Valdez Scantling. The more I watch him, the more I, I, I like him. So he's he's being compared to MVS. Mm-hmm. Packers obviously liked MVS, right? No kidding. Yeah. This I think this guy, now I don't know where you take him. You don't mm-hmm. take he's not first round, let's be honest. No. Right? Is he late second, or can you maybe get him in the third? I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be – those Those are just tough questions to answer at this point. Uh, we don't know what the run on receivers right. is going to be like for those first see, 50 right? picks. But, yeah, I think – and one of the big takeaways, I mean, just from here, and I think it's something we know, but, you know, and, you know the, when I say we, just in general, um, know that receiver – or rookies take time to develop. But going through each of these guys, and they're all popular names that we see – early on in mock drafts uh, that Packer fans are familiar with. I'm sure Packer fans have researched and are seeing the fit and all that, but the common theme is, you know, these guys are still going to need time. And so going back to our discussion before we started, that's the value in having that veteran to lean on because 
you know, relying heavily on two rookies right away in week one, it's going to come with some learning curve and some lumps along the way. But I like what they said about this guy is that you can bring him in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be your go-to guy. Certainly you're not your, and not even maybe not be a, but like what the exact quote again, let me just read that exact quote. You know, if you're just looking for a pure deep threat, well, the Packers are looking for a pure deep threat. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you bring him in, if he plays whatever many, you know, I don't know, whatever percent of the plays mm-hmm. a game as your third or fourth guy, maybe your fourth guy, but he gives you that home run ability that they don't currently don't have. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't, I wouldn't mind this guy in green Bay at all. I really, I, again, I just don't know where maybe with your second, if, if they don't, if they keep all their picks, is he worth, what, what would it be to 58? What are they? Yeah, what's 53 and 59, 59. Is he worth, mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe you take him at 59. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we mentioned depending on what, again, depending on what else, what you're doing with, up mm-hmm. to that point and how many receivers are gone at that point or, mm-hmm. or how, I mean, you know, like we said, Goody can, he's the, he's one, he's likes to make moves in the draft. Um, you know, if you think you can get him in the third, like, like they did with Rogers where they move up in the third. I mean, if, if they don't make any moves with in the first two and they still have all their, all their second, their third day picks, maybe mm-hmm. you use a third, a third, third and a five or a third and a four. And move up if this is a guy, but but this, I mean, whereas the first two guys that we had that we talked about more and Dotson, neither one of us really see them as Packers mm-hmm. just because of what they already have and the size and then just mm-hmm. the athletic score. This guy checks all the boxes for him, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. He's, size, size, athleticism, the role he could fill, and uh, I mean, just how he was utilized at Cincinnati. I think that you see that there's more, you know maybe the vertical threat early on as he adjusts to the NFL level, yeah, I mean, but there's right. more that there's more that. that he can grow into for sure. I mean, if that's, if that's all he can do for, for well, that's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. yeah, we talked about it at the top. They, they need that element. Matt LaFleur says we need speed. We need the, a vertical option one for the big playability, but as we mentioned, spacing creates for others. I'm telling you, go rewatch that playoff game against the Niners. If you can stomach it, of course. No, I can't, I'm not watching it. Uh, <laughs> They were playing closer to the line of scrimmage. They didn't fear getting beat over the top. That condenses everything. Moving the ball through the air gets more difficult. So definitely, I mean, definitely and, yeah. an element that needs to be added. And MVS didn't play in that game. Yep, absolutely. MVS was 6'4". The Packers listed him at 6'4", 206. So there's 6'3", 210. It's mm-hmm. give or take, right? I mean. Yep. Um, MVS ran a 4'3", I think. Pierce ran 4'4", 1. Okay. Really close. Um. Pierce probably Cincinnati was probably you know was Cincinnati was very good last year. Obviously, they got their top four team, so mm-hmm. he did it on a good team. And like I said, I I'm impressed with that. Now he didn't. I, 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 before I go too crazy about what he did against Notre Dame, he didn't do much against Alabama, <laughs> but nobody did for Cincinnati. They, they yeah, were right. just outmatched. Exactly. But I mean, the fact that the the best team they played during the regular season was Notre Dame. And he really came up big against them. I mean, so it's not like he piled up his stats against the bad team to Cincinnati played. He put up his best game came against their best opponent during the season. Mm-hmm. And that's very important, obviously. Uh, I mean, even looking at last year's draft, you know, did Gudikins go into it thinking it'd turn out this way? I know, but 
where where were the schools that they drafted? Georgia, oh, Ohio State, Clemson yes. were their first three picks. Those Georgia, are yeah. well, big time well, schools on the big stage. <laughs> yeah, and I, I and that's that's what people don't. I've been reading a lot of stories about uh, what you know what he drafts. Um, and I, and as you brought up brought up the the athletic score, sure. Yeah. I mean, um, he likes athletes. Well, yeah, okay, and I, I agree with that. And he may not take a guy that's. And again, like you said, you know, I don't think he looks at those scores per se, right. but maybe he does. Um, <laughs> but I do know he takes winners. Mm-hmm. Like I, I did that story last year. I mean, every guy that he drafted last year played on a team with a winning record, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, even the small, like he'll gamble on a small school guy in later rounds. He mm-hmm. took the kid from App State last year, John Charles. Yep. But App State's a good thing. Mean, they're a small school, but they're winning. They got a great record. They went to a bowl yep. game. They won a bowl game. Um, but early, if you look at his early picks, it's Michigan, Maryland, mm-hmm. Georgia. Mississippi State. Michigan, Miss, yeah, Mississippi State. Um, I, I mean, it, it didn't work mm-hmm. out with Josh, with Josh Jackson. That's one of his few mm-hmm. misses. But Iowa, I mean – He's going to go more times than not. He's going to go power five school and a good school, a, mm-hmm. a winning school. So Cincinnati isn't a power five, but they proved that they were mm-hmm. pretty good last year. So absolutely. And again, I, again, I don't. He's not going to first round. I don't think you take Alex Pierce in the first round. Mm-hmm. But late second, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say, "Oh wow!" I'd, I'd be like, oh, right. "Okay." <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Especially for all the reasons we mentioned, he checks a lot of boxes that we know the Packers like and need at the position. Uh, anything else to add on any of these guys, Mark, or the receiver position in general? Um, well, in general, like I said, there's this, they're going to get somebody. Um, I don't want to step on, I, I, I know all week I, the, our other partners here on Pack a Day are going to be breaking down guys. But the, the, the receiver that intrigues me the most in this entire draft is Williams. From Alabama, James. I don't know what. I don't know if you take him or not. I really don't. (laughs) I I, and I and I and I had this crazy feeling the Packers are going to take him, and and I don't know. And I don't know if I'm going to be very happy about it or like, oh no. Is that is your is your hesitation the injury? I think he's beyond. I think I think he's prior to the injury. He's the guy that I would. There's no way they would. They would even. They'd have to get a really train Mm -hmm. way up to get him. And I don't know if I want to deal with the injury though. <laughs> I would, I would be okay with it. Um, I know this contradicts a little bit because we're coming off a year where David Bakhtiari tore yeah. the ACL, but we learned that there was a lot more than just right. the clean ACL tear um, that contributed to him not or barely being on the field last season. But you know, ACL injuries, you know, unfortunately, there's something that we see pop up fairly often in the game of football and guys bounce back from it. If you were talking about um, like David Ojabo and Michigan and Achilles, I could see more hesitation with that injury. But like you said, Jameson Williams is electric and the Packers need a receiver now, but as we all know, the drafts about who the player is going to become and he could certainly become someone special. So I, I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't uh, hesitate too much um, in regards to the ACL injury. Yeah, I, it's funny. I I know. I tell you, I'm, I'm I don't I don't look at mock drafts, right? I try mm-hmm. not to, but it's hard to avoid them. But people were doing these in the front. I was talking to a, a couple of other um, friends of mine who are writers, cover 
one covers the Bengals, one covers the Eagles. And um, they were telling me, oh, yeah, go on in one of those draft machine things and do one. <laughs> so I said, all right, let me go on. I'll, I'll just see what happens. And I wound up at 28, I took. I took Jamison Williams at twenty eight because I he I I got I, I forget who I, I took I think I took Burks at twenty two, mm-hmm. yeah I did, and then at twenty eight Williams was still there and I said I'm I I can't not take him at twenty eight. <laughs> we'll so, end on we'll end on this. And... I don't think was, I don't think to be honest I don't think he's going to be there at twenty eight. I don't either. I think a bad team takes him. I think a team that says we're not winning this year anyway, mm-hmm. like a you know. The Jets. The Jets need a receiver, but I mean, the Jets could get Devontae Adams. They're not winning this year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're not winning this year, not in that division. So right. why why wouldn't they take a, a Jameson Williams and and let him grow with Wilson for next year? You know, for the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I know the answer to this because I think oh. we've both hinted at that we expect. Green Bay to make a move up in round one at some point, but do you think it's more likely the Packers leave round one with two receivers or leave round one with no receivers? Two. Okay. If if, if I had to say two. Yeah. Does a tight end count as a receiver? No. No? He catches <laughs> passes? He receives? But he's a tight end. You just called him a tight end. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, and to answer your question, I think, I don't think they'll leave with none. They could. Now, again, if they don't move up, that that very well might be the case where they mm-hmm. they're not going to reach. They're not going to no. they're not going to take one of these guys that we talked about in the first round just because all the good ones, all the top ones, I shouldn't say good, all the higher rated ones are gone. They're not going to they're not going to reach and take you know mm-hmm. take a guy. Just they'll they'll address another need, whether it's on defense or tight end. We're we're talking about tight ends next week, right? I believe so. Good. Because I want to talk about tight ends. Because they're going to take one of them too, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, they should. DeGuara is the only tight end under contract 2023 and beyond. So, again, is people, there... drafts about planning ahead. Well, uh... That's another thing that, <laughs> excuse me, and this year's a little different in the, than the past, for, in the past few drafts for the Packers in that they need, I mean, unless they trade and sign a receiver between that wide receiver sticks out. Like we've, we've talked about all day. Yep. It sticks out that they, they got to get one and they got to get one that can play. But other than like, I mean, Stokes started last year and played, had a great year. Um, that's, that's all well and good. But for the most part, their drafts have been for the following year, like Gary, didn't play hard. He was the fourth guy. His first, not even the third guy. He was the fourth linebacker mm-hmm. his first year behind the two Smiths and Kyle Fackrell. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only pref- true preferred starter for a Packers rookie under Gudikins has been Darnell Savage. Now, Jair, Jenkins, Gary, everyone's Stokes. They've all expanded into larger roles, but week one, does Jair wasn't preferred? I think he's. I think he started. You know, think he still right. saw the field, but I think he played like 30, 40% of the snaps. Yeah, I think you're right. I think who'd they have? They had, uh, they re signed Tremont and Devon House that offseason, I believe. That's right. That's right. He wasn't 
that's right. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't. It wasn't a plan from the start. You're right. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is Darnell Savage, who stepped in and was like, "Okay, you're you're one of our starting safeties." Yes, because they had no, they really had nobody else in safety. Even Elton Jenkins. Uh, no, Jenkins was not supposed. He to. didn't come in till Luke or uh, Lane Taylor yeah, got hurt. Lane Taylor, right? Lane Taylor was the guy. Mm-hmm. They were going to ease him along and see where, you know, and they didn't even know if he was going to be a guard or a center when they drafted him. I don't think. Right? Even even correct, and then even I and I will never know the answer to this, but <laughs> I think in the back of the Packers' mind was drafting Jenkins to take over for Lindsley. Uh-huh, for they sure. knew Lindsley was going to be a free agent. They knew they probably weren't going to be able to resign him eventually. Mm-hmm. I think that was the plan. And then they put him at guard and he said, oh, God, he's really good at guard. Let's, let's go draft a center. And, you know. <laughs> oh, you can play tackle, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> and um, even, even Eric Dillon. Yep, even Eric Stokes, it was uh, Kevin King and Jair, week one. Yeah, and then, you know, they have gotten Royce Newman last year became, and that was not planned. They've gotten, which is even speaks, like we said, it speaks both for the scouting department and the coaches to get a guy like Royce Newman ready to play, to to draft him and then get him ready, and he he goes out and and starts all season. And, you know, for a rookie fourth-round pick, I thought had a fine year. Mm -hmm. Um but again, that wasn't the plan. Now Runyon, a low sixth round pick, that maybe that, you know they did groom him up to where he started this year. So yeah, so the Packers. Now again, with all that said, I I want they got to get a wide receiver to help this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, but other than that, they could take a tight end or a defensive player that doesn't do much this year. You know, is, is a provides depth and whatever else. Knowing that they're going to—that's what they do. That's just what that's. Mm-hmm. And like you said, especially with cap, with the, if they're in cap trouble again next year, they're going to have to let some veterans go again, and then these guys better be ready to step up. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will end up being something I write about, but you know, we talk about the Packers trading or bringing in a veteran. That's also how Brian Gutekinds has operated, re-signed. Uh, Tremont Williams, Devon House, you draft Jair, Josh Jackson. You bring in the Smiths, you draft Gary. You bring in Turner, you draft Jenkins. You bring in Amos, you draft Savage. You have Aaron Jones, you draft A.J. Dillon. You had Jamal Williams, too, when you had it. When it and Jamal it. Williams. You have Jair, you bring in Eric Stokes, Kevin King. So there's there's this pairing of – because if, if the player – and we just talked about it, you know, many of these rookies aren't week one preferred starters – the Packers prefer, especially you know, a team with Super Bowl aspirations. I get it. You want to rely on that experience, and it's going. You have to think it's going to play out similarly at the receiver position as well. I just, I just don't know who. I mean, yeah, they have a plan. There's no doubt in my absolutely. mind. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure most of our listeners, if they hadn't, if they haven't seen it, they've heard about it. Leroy Butler tweeted the pack. They, Packers are going to do, they have a plan. Now, we don't know if he's saying this as a fan or if he knows something. He might be, he is Leroy Butler. It's not like mm-hmm. Mark Eckel saying that or Paul Brettel saying it's Leroy <laughs> yeah, Butler right. saying it. And there's a guy that, no, they, that, that nobody even realizes is available that they're going to. So that that plus Murph, Mark Murphy's comment of it's draft's going to be very interesting tells me something's up. I was I just going to say, and not that I not that I would expect otherwise by any means. It's their job. It's what they do. But Brian Gutekinds and Mark Murphy talking about this, they're just so cool and calm about it. Just so casual. Nah, 
we'll, we're, we're good. We'll figure it out. Like something's in the works, which of course it right. would be. They didn't I mean, just, they didn't just trade Devante, you know, on a whim. This was of course thought out. And now, and think about it. There are, there are teams that, and what I, I, I might, I, I might spend the rest of the day. Uh-oh, uh-oh, the dog's coming out now. <laughs> more, uh, more lightning and thunder. Yeah. Um, but there are teams that aren't going to win this year and they know they're not going to win this year and they may want to trade a decent receiver with, to get some future help for that. You know, whether it's a, like you said, you know, Carolina, Atlanta doesn't have anybody anymore, but, um, you know, Jacksonville, Houston, the Jets, those teams, mm-hmm. what does a, you know, a veteran wide receiver do for them? Whether the it's the games? Packers or whoever, it makes zero right. sense for the Texans to hang on to Brandon Cooks. <laughs> no, it makes it right. I mean, it just doesn't. <laughs> you know, and then and then teams are going to draft. Right now, to take your point about after the draft, some teams are going to draft. The team that drafts, if the Packers don't get Chris Olave, or somebody's going to get him, and somebody's mm-hmm. going to get Garrett Wilson, and somebody's going to get London, and somebody's going to get Burks, well, that's going to push a receiver one step down on their depth chart as well and they may be looking at all right let's see if i can we have him we, we have london now we could trade player y and get some picks mm-hmm. it happens all the time so we'll see i'm not i, I like i said there's I'll, i if if the eve of this opener <laughs> the depth chart still has lazard cobb and rogers i'll be i'll be like well oh <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen the draft's always fun because I love the draft. I know you oh, do, too. too. But this year just feels like it's going to be the extra fun. It's going to be something. Oh, well, yeah, because they have four. They, the Packers have never had four picks in the top <laughs> right. 50 picks before, whatever, 60 picks before. Not that I can remember. Mm-hmm, me either. I mean, it's been a – they've had they had two first-rounders a couple years ago, but then they only had one second-rounder. Mm-hmm. Yep, true. And, and we were – I don't want to say spoiled, but we were lulled to sleep maybe by Ted Thompson, who, mm-hmm. and God bless, God rest his soul and God bless him. He, the guy was very good at, at his peak. He was very, very good, but he drafted. He never moved up. Mm-hmm. He moved up once, <laughs> once ever for Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Ted. He was very non-aggressive, but when he got aggressive, it worked. Yeah. He signed Charles Woodson. Julius it worked. He signed Ryan Pickett. It worked. Mm-hmm. He traded up for Clay Matthews. It certainly worked. Did. Like, why didn't he do it more? Like, it's <laughs> not like he got burned by doing it, you know? That's true. That's the only time he ever traded up. He traded, um, what, a two and two threes or something to get back into the first and took Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually traded the pick he got from for, for Brett Favre to move up oh. and get Clay Matthews. Um, but he traded out of the first round several times. Mm-hmm. So, like, and that's the word. As, as a fan... That's yeah. the worst, I think. Even though it could be a good move, you wait all like you know you have to. There's the build up all night, and then night one's month. just round one. All yeah, month. you're doing mock drafts, and you're leading mock. Yeah, who are we gonna get at twenty three? Who are we gonna get? Who are we gonna? Who are we gonna get? And you're waiting all, and you're watching, and you're up. It's eleven o'clock at night, and you're waiting, and the and and then all of a sudden, you know, the Jets are on the clock. You're like, the Jets are on the clock. <laughs> uh, yeah, Green Bay traded their pick to the Jets, <laughs> and they're, they're moving back to the second tune, round. Tune in tomorrow. <laughs> it used to be at least when the first two rounds, three rounds were the same. All right, so you wait up another hour and you, yeah. you find out who they got. Now you, you, 
you don't get it till tomorrow night. The next thing you got to wait till Friday night now to see who the first pick is. So, yeah, that's that's the most frustrating thing as a fan, mm-hmm. even though it might be a good trade. It's still it's, it's it's such a throws a wet blanket on your on your draft party. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that was good stuff as always, Mark Eckel. Uh, let's put a bow on this episode. What right. uh, what do you got coming up at Pacro Park? I know you're doing the position preview. Yeah, position. So up wide, wide receiver has been up all week. Uh, defensive line will go up today, Thursday, as you're listening. Might be up depending on what time you're listening to us today. It may already be up. And then next week we'll continue with um, edge rushers uh, going up on Monday. As I said at the beginning, check that out. That's the insight's terrific. Uh, so well, for you me, your, all the different places that you. Do, do. <laughs> yeah. So for me at Dairyland Express, uh, as I mentioned, I wrote about uh, there's more to completing a big trade than the Packers just having the draft capital. And uh, over at Cheesehead TV, wrote about Shamar John Charles. I know we mentioned oh. him here tonight. Uh, I think I mentioned on last week's episode. I think if the Packers could find a a reliable or at least a slot corner that they could lean on in addition to Jair, it could take that secondary, it could kick it up a level when you have that, you know, that flexibility with those three along with another slot option. So I don't know what he's going to be this year. We only saw him for 38 defensive snaps as a rookie, but if he can take a step forward, if he can provide them some reliable snaps over the course of the season, and then you have the ability to have Jair and Stokes on the boundary and then like Razul Douglas as your you know, third safety in the middle. Oof. That's pretty good secondary. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you something. Kevin King hasn't signed anywhere yet, has he? Nope. <clears throat> what on a scale of one to ten, him coming back? <laughs> uh one last... one he doesn't come. There's no chance at all. Ten, yeah, he's coming in tomorrow. I would have put one last year and it would have been very wrong. Um I'd go like three, maybe two. Kevla? Yeah. I mean what if you get him for one year at the minimum? I, yeah, there's always value in having, you know, depth at the position. But to me, it's one of those things where we know who he is yeah. and what he can offer. And I suppose there's some value in that if you use it correctly. Uh, but no, I, I just, I don't see okay, I'll just throw it out there. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I want to add, um, because you mentioned Cheesehead TV. The Cheesehead TV draft guide, mm-hmm. I believe, is available now uh, by pre-order. It should be out soon. It's it's a great great uh, draft guide. I and I was flattered that they asked me to write again for it this year. And I, I I didn't do a position breakdown, but I did a, a feature on um, Brian Gutenkunst. I talked to some people who know him well, um, just on him coming up and his thoughts on him becoming a general manager. And then I I, I took a deep dive into the way he the way he has drafted the last his, his first four four drafts. Yeah, it's excellent. There's tons of features and all of the prospect breakdowns. profiles and breakdowns are tailored specifically for Packers fans to this Packers team. Um, so those athletic thresholds, draft trends, all that good stuff. Uh, yes. So put that on your must order list. But as always, friends, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back next week. Hopefully Jason Perrone will be with us. Pack-A-Day podcast is every day of the week. But until then, take care, stay safe and go Pack Go.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.